0: Welcome to Transition, a brand new podcast from the fine folks at Gadgets 360. This is where we'll talk about games and pop culture. So our podcast Orbital will no longer have these topics. So first episode, we're going to be talking about a new gaming console called the Nintendo Switch. And for that, we have two files over here with us. First of all, let me introduce our games editor, Rishi Alvani. Greetings. And... Long-time contributor and who's another nintendo file that's mikhail madnani
1: nintendo file that's just a little weird
0: that's a term invented by a games editor
2: is it yep it's oh yeah true. yeah it was used sorry you're a thing <laughs> that's a thing now
0: deal with it <laughs> all right and i'm your host pranay parab and we will be talking only about games in this episode but in some episodes in the future we'll be having a segment on games or a segment on pop culture Or sometimes both so be prepared for this right so let's introduce the nintendo switch first i suppose mikhail do you want to take this takeover
2: right now
1: yeah sure so basically the nintendo switch is an upcoming hybrid console from nintendo it's going to be their successor to both the 3ds and the wii u regardless of what people think uh i say hybrid console because it's going to replace both the portable 3ds and the home console which is the wii u if you've noticed, the VU basically failed because they hadn't really thought it through. It's a It has a tablet which can play games on it, but it still needs to be in the same room as the home console. Uh, it's not like the iPad where you can just take it anywhere you want and play. The Switch aims to replace that because it's a tablet which has controllers on both sides and it can be docked when you get home to play on your big screen. So Nintendo aims for it to be a one-stop entertainment shop I guess from the way they've positioned this thing and uh, they're going to be announcing it very soon and giving us more details about it. They just revealed it initially and have shown it off a few times on TV but we'll. there'll be a big unveiling soon.
0: Yeah, so before we get into the nitty-gritties of the console, I wanted to ask both of you what you feel about the timing of the announcement. Because if I'm not mistaken, it was announced first in October. And now it's January 2017. And we are going to see the actual announcement. And there are rumors that the product won't be available until March. So what exactly is going on here, Richie?
2: Uh, I think it's basically a very uh, shrewd effort to keep the hype train going, you have to understand that uh, prior to the announcement of the Switch, uh, Nintendo had announced that uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, which is one their biggest franchise on the, on, on the 3DS and on their handhelds in general, uh, was going to see a new release first week November. So even if the hardware is ready, you don't want it out around the same time to cannibalize on possible software sales. Because uh, what we saw next is Pokemon Sun and Moon had a crazy good reception, It had, and I think 2016 is the year where the 3DS saw maximum hardware sales, which is fantastic for a piece of kit that's over, I think, five years old now. Uh, the second thing is they also had Super Mario run that was due December 15. So you want to make sure that these two big games have enough of a runway time, have enough time to get people hyped up and interested in before releasing the console so while the announcement was in October and an actual reveal is going to happen in January and the release is going to be in March the that time time gap allows them to sell other pieces of software that are slated and at the same time build up hype for the console.
1: I also think they had to announce it sooner than they wanted to because of their shareholders Because a lot of people have been wondering what they are up to next. And that's essentially what forced them to go into mobile, which brought us Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, not really, but Super Mario Run, which was their first proper mobile game. So that's why, and they need to build hype, obviously. And they need to, I think it's all about the shareholders. Because if they need to keep them, they are not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: which is amusing because after the Switch was announced, there was a share, there was a drop in the share price. <laughs> However, I think that once we see it unveiled and once we get greater clarity on the games on offer, we might just see a rebound from Nintendo.
0: Yeah, but we really should not be worrying too much about Nintendo's share price, honestly, because after Super Mario Run, which by all accounts was a success, after Super Mario Run was released, uh, we saw a huge fall in Nintendo stock. So
1: I, I think the shareholders are paying too much attention to the App Store reviews. Maybe, because I think it's sitting at a 2 or 1.5 on 5 rating right now on the app And most of
0: them are, oh, you are charging $10 or 620 rupees for a game. Oh, you are stealing money from us.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's something I still think they should put out an update to communicate that better. Because not everyone is constantly refreshing Nintendo for like (laughs) one sliver of JavaScript. (laughs) Like some people in the US do. Uh, They need to communicate that better. But anyway, Super Mario run is for another day. Yeah,
2: I mean, the way I see it. And they've said this in the past that the reason why they're even getting into mobile is to ensure that their hardware and their own games for their own hardware gets uh, a greater boost. And we've seen that to an extent with Pokemon Go, where fine, Pokemon Go, even though it was done by the Pokemon company, which are collaborators with Nintendo, it did have a trickle down effect with uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I won't be surprised if we see an announcement of a Mario game on January 12th, which essentially allows for a trickle down effect due to Super Mario run. So I think it's for them, it's just a question of their approach and their approach isn't to make it... Uh, fine, yes, they want to make it a standalone pillar of their business and revenue. But right now, th- the role it's playing is a support role for their hardware, for their games.
0: Yeah, exactly. You raise a very good point over there. I think the time for Nintendo to hold its cards close to its chest is long gone. I think the company needs to have a great year uh, in 2017 for its future to look bright. And the Switch is a big part of that bet. So at launch... I personally feel it should have a Mario game, most definitely. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Which games are we going to see? Which first-party titles?
2: Well, uh, there have been several leaks in the last uh, few months, actually, and we've seen uh, we've seen pos- we even seen a few things on Nintendo's own reveal video uh skyrim is a definite uh starter they, we're probably going to see splatoon get uh be a pack-in game there's probably going to be a mario title what's though what's most interesting is that there, there will be a ro- mario role-playing game which is a crossover with ubisoft's Rabbids franchise which could be very interesting to see how that works so those are what we know of so far there are there are rumors of mario kart making it as well there are rumors of uh super mario smash getting a re-release too so that's what we've heard so far but i think mike has a greater idea on some of the newer possible software releases
1: so the big uh, the big game everyone is looking forward to on the switch besides mario is the new legend of zelda game breath of the wild and uh, recently there have been reports pointing to a launch release or even bundled release for breath of the wild and the switch uh i think this would really be like a, an insane start for them if they get zelda and mario out at once because uh, you have one pack-in title and you have a bundle release which has both and you instantly have everyone buying your hardware and knowing Nintendo it'll be hard to get for the first uh, few weeks or months given how they've handled hardware over the last two years. <laughs> I've experienced this firsthand. so mm-hmm. has Rishi to some extent. So I think Zelda is the the big thing they need to get out. If they manage doing this at launch then it's smooth sailing. Yeah, so that's another interesting thing. Um, how
0: do you think they should pace the release of their games? So if Zelda comes at launch with the kit, um, do you think they should have five other titles ready, like third-party, first-party combined? Or do you think it'll be better for them if each of these titles is coming out, say, every month or every two months or
1: so? I think uh, they need definitely need to have a few first-party and some big-name third-party titles uh, for their launch because uh, no one wants to buy a system even with the promise of new games that didn't work out so well for the VU in the end so if you have big third-party support initially at least there'll be some hope people have like they showed off nba in the switch announcement video if that launches if we see skyrim if we see a like say a new lego game also like they had with the VU, this ensures that at least these companies are doing something for the platform So, you'd be confident in investing into it, even though eventually, you know, you're buying a first-party Nintendo machine.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, their own games are the ones that are most popular, if I'm not mistaken.
1: They are. And I've also been looking over the releases for the Wii U over the last three years... And uh, I think there have been probably about 15 titles that uh, I own about 12 of them. There are 15 titles only I'd want to get. Now, if I compare that to the 3DS or even Nintendo's quote-unquote failed Vita, where I have over 100 titles over the last three years on. So, yeah, they need to definitely fix something. No one's going to buy a console for only 10 games.
0: Yeah, true that. So, Rishi, I believe uh, you wrote a story where uh, somebody said that uh, the Nintendo Switch is going to be as powerful as the Xbox One or less than that uh, so if this these reports are true then how much motivation do these third party publishers and developers have to release games for the Switch
2: so that's actually a very interesting question because yes uh Nvidia I think had stated that in the past uh to I think VentureBeat and it was it was it was more or less reason being the console has uh the Maxwell, a Maxwell chip, which is last-gen NVIDIA hardware, uh, that puts it just around one teraflop, a little under. Uh, it could have very interesting repercussions because what you could see is a ton of support from third-party, but in the form of remasters and re-releases, which to me doesn't help anyone. Uh, but given the form factor and your different unique and the unique input methods, we might see some different things that way. But I mean, for the end consumer, uh, let's be honest here, the Xbox One stumbled a lot at launch due to the fact that it couldn't do 1080p properly. And that was a big deal for a lot of gamers, right? So, and here, given the spec, you're looking at a best case situation where on a ha- on the handheld, you're probably seeing 720p being the max it can go. And when you're on a bigger screen, best case situation, and if you're really, really great at, at optimizing your code, you could see 1080p. Though earlier rumors had stated 900p, at 60 frames per second, being the benchmark for many. Uh, and this could be a bit of a bottleneck because if you look at how PC gaming is going, if you look at how consoles are going, like the Xbox One and PS4, we're already seeing iterative versions of both consoles. All right, the PS4 Pro is already out. It's pretty. It's a pretty good piece of kit all said and done. The Project, Scor- Project Scorpio is gonna be out end of, uh, end of next year, end of this year, sorry. And that's also gonna be close, six teraflops or more. So you have this device, which is gonna be the most underpowered one on the market. And considering we've reached a situation where third-party developers own a large chunk of the games you're going to buy, there has to be something really unique for it to stand out. And that's the worrying thing to me. I don't see anything, aside from Nintendo first-party, being being worth investing in at this stage. This could just end up being the Wii U 2.0. So uh, the,
1: the thing they are going for, at least from what I've seen, is they want this to be a secondary console because... Uh, it's a portable, and given how market trends are moving, no one has a portable as their primary console anymore. So we've also seen Rockstar and CD Projekt Red both comment that they are not working on the Switch right now. These these two uh, publishers have made some really big titles, like GTA 5 and Witcher 3 are both uh, some of the most important titles of the last few years, I'd say. And if they aren't working on the Switch, then like who is... You can't just survive on, say, a Lego game for the whole life cycle of the console. And the 720, 1080 thing is definitely going to be a problem. But I have a feeling it's not going to be so noticeable on the portable front, even though we have phones and tablets higher than that. What do you think, Pranay?
0: I personally don't really care about resolution or uh, hardware hardware inferiority so much because according to me the game experience really matters so if there are excellent nintendo games then i am gonna buy uh, but then you know it is also a bit worrying that i'm spending a certain amount of money on a console where third-party games at best would be remasters or
2: maybe poor copies of their uh, xbox
0: one or ps4 versions
2: i mean yeah we're already hearing rumors of final fantasy 15 making it uh to the console and if that happens yeah great i mean Okay, cool. It's another platform to play, play it play on. But then that aside, I mean, how many of them are we going to... Use, how many third parties are going to support it after the initial six months? That's going to be the, the challenge here.
0: Yeah, and how many people are going to buy a console where they can play games which they've already played on other platforms? Exactly. So that's another challenge for Nintendo
2: here. Exactly. But... What's going to be interesting is one of the strongest rumors is that it could be a region-free device. And if that's the case, that could change a lot of things for a lot of people. Because along with Mike saying that Legend of Zelda might be a bundle in title, there's also another rumor doing the rounds that that, that it'll be there for Japan and US and not Europe. Which means that, yeah, if you have a European console, you can easily import the game. And what it also means is that if it's region-free, we could also see being Uh, the lack we we could also see there being no voltage issues which means if you're in india you could just import it plug it in no drama like you would with the ps4 or the xbox one s so yeah i mean there are a lot of interesting things that are unknown at this stage and the way i see it yeah i would still temper expectations through and through because i mean Let's be honest, you're buying this for Nintendo's games. We don't know what their lineups are like. We don't know how much support there's going to be from third parties. So I'd still say, as it stands, temper expectations.
0: Yeah, sure. And that's exactly why the January 12th event is a big deal. Because all buying decisions are going to depend on the games. So if they announce that a whole bunch of games are going to be available right at launch, so then a lot of people are going to jump straight in because nobody wants to wait for the next great game that that will come for this console. I mean, just as an example, let's look at No Man's Sky. Yeah. Uh, hyped so much for, I don't know, three years. Yes. Yes. And then finally, when the game came in, we weren't really impressed with it at all. So that selling that dream, I don't think that's going to work. But if you have like definitive launch dates, so say console is available in March and then games will be available March, April and May, If you have something like that, then people are still going to jump in.
1: I think they'll uh, announce all their launch titles at this event and maybe let a third party, a big third party announce something on their own. And we'll know what they're releasing until June. That's when they'll have their big E3 show where they'll showcase the future of Switch. Hmm. Also, when people already have it in their hands. Hmm. I think that's going to be the second important event for them after revealing the switch with the price and other details in a few days
0: yeah so e3 is where they can actually show people that this these things are coming and maybe i don't know like maybe they'll even announce that some hardware updates are coming in although that's not going to please anybody
1: i wouldn't see that happening until probably 2019 or 20 at least Hmm. because uh, the new 3ds which is not just the new uh, The naming is stupid, so I'm not clarifying this right now. Mm. But the new 3DS basically is like the iPhone 5S compared to the 3DS, which is the iPhone 5. And that ended up getting just one exclusive game with a few games running better. So I don't see them doing that so soon because they've definitely learned from that mistake. Mm. We could see
2: accessories, a lot of accessories being announced for it. I mean, right now, a few of them have already been leaked in in terms of specific chargers and carry cases and pouches and cleaning kits. But I won't be surprised if they actually bring in a few more things. And there's another rumor doing the rounds that yes, it'll be comparable and will work with your smartphones. But I wouldn't put much stock in that because uh, Nintendo is traditionally known as a walled garden for a lot of their things. So I don't see that happening.
1: I think the the smartphone part of it is going to be with Metomo, which is that app slash game they have. And in the end, their main backend is going to be the My Nintendo account system. So I think that's going to be the only actual link between smartphones and the switch
0: yeah the legendary my nintendo account system it's it's actually quite much better nowadays i mean as compared to what it uh, used to be the old system was something else right it was
1: the uh, the old nnid system yeah. uh is one of the worst account systems ever and we do not need to talk about it anymore yeah and the, it's one of the reasons why at least until the new console comes out i refuse to buy digital games on nintendo <laughs> systems <laughs> But
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, even the new one is is not great. I mean, for example, Mario Run. When you first uh, sign in to that game, uh, they ask you to select your country from a list of countries. So you like basically scroll through an entire list before you find your country. Um, Things like that don't really make me very optimistic. I mean,
1: Nintendo's not UI is not their strong point. Yeah, they are like in the middle of Microsoft and Sony on that front, but.
0: Yeah. yeah clearly nothing to be particularly optimistic about uh, all right one thing that we've not uh, gone in depth about so far is the controllers so these are called joy cons right and uh, they can be detached and you can play anywhere so i suppose we should talk about whether like how portable are they you can take them anywhere sure but do, like does this have 4g lt so that you can have internet anywhere you can play offline multiplayer how does it work
1: no so it does not have cellular connectivity as of the F- fcc listings but uh It does have offline multiplayer, so it'll probably be like uh, two people connecting to the same switch with those two joysticks, which are Joy-Cons attached on both sides, and playing on the same screen. So this this is basically bringing the couch co-op experience outside the house. They showed off people playing this on a plane and in a coffee shop and also, if it actually does work out, it'll be interesting to see because the last time I saw someone playing a game in a coffee shop was when I took a laptop to play a Steam game and it wasn't fun at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, I, I think they'll be able to pull it off because they did this also with, uh, I think, the Game Boy Advance, F-Zero, mm-hmm. one cartridge, two, uh, two Game Boy Advances. You could play it. So the, the this they aren't any they aren't strangers to, to ad hoc uh, multiplayer as it's called so i i think we could see some very interesting things happen uh, also with the fact that since this would have internet connectivity when you sync it up with your dock i wouldn't be surprised if any metrics that the that the console that the handheld captures such as i don't know the achievements you've you've made or the progress you have get synced with the dock and onto the internet when you're home that to me seems like a likelihood at this stage.
1: They've done ad hoc offline in the past with the 3DS also. I mean, you can still do it with uh, one cartridge. It's called Download Play. But uh, this is going to be on the same screen. Those all You had your own screen in that case. So I'm interested to see how they actually manage doing this in games like NBA and Splatoon.
0: So it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? On the one hand, you have Super Mario Run, which is, is an always online game. Yeah. And on the other hand, you have the same company announcing offline multiplayer, which is great for a place like India where, you, you know, like you, you can have 4G connection sitting where you are yeah. and you move two meters and then you immediately are down to 2G or no internet. So I, I suppose, you know, it's it's something that makes me a little excited about using this console in India. Um, so can we look forward to it? Do you guys think it's, it's even going to show up here?
1: Where? it'll definitely show up here officially on the other hand i don't think so for a long time so it's
2: kind of complicated actually because um so nintendo doesn't have an official presence in india let's be very clear here uh, the last time a console from nintendo officially came out i think was a nes or super nintendo one of them uh, at that time it was brought in by samurai electronics a well known delhi distributor uh they were supposed to bring in the Wii but that didn't happen. They in fact hijacked uh, an event done by EA for Spore which was a PC game releasing back at the time in 2008 and they they apparently said that they were going to bring the Wii in but nothing happened. Uh, right now we get games like Pokemon coming in through another distributor called Sundar Electronics who gets stock from another distributor called Macsoft who gets stock from Nintendo's own Japanese distributor called Active Boyki, sitting in Kyoto, Japan. So it's kind of complicated so if it comes in it'll come in officially with a very high price i can i can clearly say right now that if you're expecting it officially easily expect it to cost double of what people are paying outside and the gray market should be a little better probably 30, 40% 30 40 percent more best case situation yeah i don't so, think we
0: mentioned the price so far what's it gonna be like
2: so rumors say 250 to 300 and i think that sounds about right when you consider the hardware installed so 250 is a decent price point i think yeah if you're buying it in the states it's pretty good mm. and i think it'll be a lot cheaper than i mean let's be honest here right 250 dollars also gets you a ps4 500 gb console um Will will it stand toe-to-toe? No, it won't. Will it have a different experience? Yes, you're buying it for the experience. So let's see. I mean, 250 to $300 are what people are saying. And the Japan price is almost the same. And after Nikkei reported 25,000 yen, which usually translates according to Nintendo's own pricing, $250, yeah, that seems to be the starting point. It's a sweet price, I'll, I'll tell you that. And knowing Nintendo, they're probably making profit on each piece of hardware sold. So it'll just be interesting to see how they get the availability right. And if it's anything like the Nest Classic, which was horrible, no one could find any stock until four or five weeks after release at best, we could have a problem. But that aside, yeah, pricing seems good.
0: Yeah, so assuming somebody buys this in India, um, we know that we don't recommend it, but we know that it's available via unofficial channels in, in various places. So what kind of pricing are they looking at?
2: Uh, we could see a- anything around, I'm guessing 20 to 25,000 upwards.
1: I'd say 25 to thirty initial first week because it's going to be very hard to get even in the Mm. u.s Mm. you're going to have scalpers buying extras over there and like selling them on ebay so i would think the price would be around 30 until at least a month or two after release and depending on when it's whether it's region free if it's region free stock from japan might show up cheaper through hong kong and you know yeah but
2: actually more than japan we could also see stuff coming from korea which also works out quite cheap as well i mean back in the day with the with the wii because the exchange rate was so favorable a lot of people ended up importing the importing wii's to india and changing the language and settings to ntsc and that worked just fine ntsc american and that worked just fine so if it's region free that opens up a lot more opportunities and possibilities to get it cheap but we'll have to wait and see
0: yeah and i've never really owned a nintendo console i've just played the uh, 500 000 rupee clones that we had in india so i have no clue about game pricing
1: on a nintendo consoles in general so what is it like usually so on the switch because it's a hybrid we can't really say at this point because the standard price abroad for handheld games is 40 dollars and home console games is $60. That translates to uh, $2,500 to $3,000 for handheld over here. And uh 3 to maybe up to $4,500 for the older Microsoft titles. But assume 4000 to be safe. But Nintendo titles, on the other hand, since it's coming in unofficially, always it's like 500 rupees more than your standard AAA game price over here Mm. long
2: story short be prepared to shell out a lot of money because they're incredibly expensive and the and the sad part is most nintendo games don't get a price drop till one year after release so who knows we might see some good deals digitally but this is nintendo so unlikely and they're they're not they like keeping the value of their software up so I have no hopes for this is concerned at all.
1: Yeah, the only real time you get a price drop on Nintendo's own software is when they, uh, when the first print run is over and they do a reprint and they call it Selects, which is basically low-priced editions where it comes down straight to $20 from 60 mm. But uh, those happen in very rare situations. Like, there are still games from the 3DS launch which are 50 to $60 now because they're out of print and there's no plans on doing a reprint like Star Fox 64 3D and stuff mm. like that so
0: yeah cool um, I suppose we should uh, conclude this podcast by talking about the one game that will uh, make us buy the switch or the one we are looking forward to I think I'll go first uh, Mario Kart like Mario Kart 8 was one of my favorite games of all time so if they launch a new version then I'm in I mean consider me in that's the only game I need
2: you're only saying that because you're extremely competitive and you beat me silly but yeah we will give you you that. have no skills so let's that let's is, just let's is, just stop yes, right there that is, that is yeah. true yeah.
1: Mike so uh I've played Super Mario Maker on Wii U and now on 3DS. If they port that and add some more tiles and more features to it, I'll be in day one because you get to use a capacitive touchscreen to actually create levels instead of using a stupid stylus and you get to play full levels and not restricted to like the 3DS version. So if i can get an expanded Wii U version of Super Mario Maker on the Switch, that's it. Yeah, that's but for then, first
0: party. Yeah, you know, but then i think about 15 minutes ago you said that the Legend of Zelda bundle will Oh, that's make you go that's in. what
1: people abroad hmm. like i'm not that big on the Legend of Zelda yet, so uh, Splatoon would be another title i would uh, hmm. definitely want to play as soon as possible on it so yeah yeah. skyrim on the other hand is something which is making me not want to consider it but we'll save that for another podcast (laughs) yeah oh well for me let's see uh it's probably i mean
2: this will probably happen when hell freezes over but i'd like to see a new metroid prime game uh i really really love those games that's why i even got a nintendo i mean i got a gamecube for metroid prime and it was the best thing ever so yeah maybe or even if not a new metroid prime game just re-release them as they should and yeah, Metroid Prime, essentially, Though those games have crazy sense of atmosphere, crazy sense of adventure. So yeah, that or if that doesn't happen, hopefully Atlas and Nintendo come back and bring Sharp Fe to a bigger audience on on the Switch. So that's a really great JRPG that has pop, that has a that, that has a lot of Japanese music and some crazy demon slaying. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah so the
0: reason I picked uh, Mario Kart the next version is that in Mario Kart 8 if you have two controllers you can have killer fun with somebody sitting right next to you and you can play against AI start at 200cc yeah. and you both of you will lose but eventually you will still learn and you will end up having a lot of fun and Nintendo Switch looks like a console that's geared towards a local co-op multiplayer so I suppose Mario Kart is, is the one game where you can execute that perfectly so let's just hope all works well.
2: Yeah. After all, you always need to like, it's good to trash talk people in real life instead of, you know, <laughs> online anonymously. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um, any other thoughts on
0: this or have you covered everything?
2: I think we've covered just about everything, though you should stay tuned to this site called Gadgets360.com for all up-to-date Switch coverage. <laughs>
0: Sure. Um, All right. So before we go, uh, we should definitely take some time out to thank Magnus Solai Paulson. He's the one who's uh, very generously offered to uh, let us use the soundtrack. Uh, Music in the show is from his um, soundtrack for the game V. That's six times V. And the album is called PPP PPP. That's six times P. So. you should definitely go check out his website that's souleye.se s-o-u-l-e-y-e dot s-e and definitely go and buy his music over there, really nice guy with great music and as always please do rate us on iTunes and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter YouTube and Instagram at Gadgets360
2: and soon on the Nintendo Network